Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 575 with Anna Tossin Rice. I think that when it comes to advocacy and legislative stuff, we are still the heavy hitters. We are absolutely kill it in that area. So, I mean, that's the that's the point of the spear, and that will always be the point of, of the trade association. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Cashflow is something every small business is worried about, and it's hard to know at any given moment how you're doing. And worse, it's virtually impossible to predict the future until now. Welcome to CashflowTool.com, the ultimate companion for any small business using QuickBooks. CashflowTool.com gives you instant visibility on any device anywhere of your cash flow, and it also alerts for unexpected expenses. On top of all this, it analyzes your past finances and projects how much money your company will have tomorrow, next week, and next month. Go to www.cashflowtool.com slash unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and receive pro features at the essential features price. Introducing Ethics Suite, the first and only misconduct, theft, and fraud reporting platform exclusively for the restaurant industry. Check out restaurantethics.com to see how restaurant employees can report any concerns anonymously, easily, and securely from any device with internet connection. However, if you're an owner or manager, you should check out ethicssuite.com slash restaurantunstoppable for more information on how you can monitor and respond to these reports and stay informed about issues that could affect your business and your restaurant. Reputation. One more time, that's ethicssuite.com slash restaurants unstoppable. <clears throat> oh, I shouldn't have done topo. We are kind of burpy. <laughs> if you got a burp, just turn your head. Okay, I will. The cool thing is like, ready? I'll, I'll give you a test burp. Did you hear it? Yes. You could? Yes. But that was a loud one. That, okay. Like, yeah. I did it. I if I'm really going to burp, I'm just going to like go. It's going to be one of those ones. <laughs> Okay, great. We broke the ice. (laughs) (laughs) Ready? We are recording with excitement. Allow me to introduce to you today's guest. She initially served the National Restaurant Association as the manager of digital innovation and later as head of innovation and entrepreneurial services. Today, she serves the Texas Restaurant Association as a vice president of marketing and innovation. Anna Tazin Rice. Anna, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So this is a really um, exciting conversation for me. Um, uh, because I, I in 2019, what I want to start doing is more of these deep dive conversations uh, where we're really just taking a topic uh, and we're going deep and we're, we're pulling it apart. We're analyzing it. We're learning from it. This is an interesting one because usually the deep dive conversations are around, okay, let's take this thing and learn all about it so we can do it better. Today, we're kind of just here to talk about the state of the Restaurant Association and uh, certain rumors I've heard. Uh, I want to talk about these things with you to uh, just address them head on instead of just talking uh, uh, behind each other's backs. And one of the things I want to do with this podcast is kind of bring the industry together. And whenever you have an us versus them mentality, it doesn't serve anybody. You're better off just having the conversation, becoming knowledgeable about that topic so you can really form an educated opinion. And today we're really here just to to dive deep. I'm I'm creating suspense on purpose. Uh, I'll hit you guys with the topic in a little bit. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us, Anna? Okay, I have two technically. Okay, so my personal professional one is sell the problem you solve, not the product you make. Problem you solve, not the product you make. Which is kind of nice, and for a marketer, like you're really that's how you kind of have to focus on everything. And then one for my team that we use all the time is that which blocks the path is the path. Mm. I know it's very deep. That which blocks the path is the path. So yeah. you're saying don't take the path of least resistance, right? Go straight ahead. What Go is blocking it. your progress? Yeah. Work on that. Mm, I like it. Great way to get this thing started. So now. Um, should we drop the bomb on them? The, the, the purpose of today's conversation? Yeah, do it. The topic we're going to discuss today is what is the state of the restaurant association? Do they still have the level of impact they did say? When were they even started? Do you know how old the restaurant, the National Restaurant Association is or the Texas Restaurant Association? Of course I do. The National Restaurant Association was started in 1919. They're getting ready to experience their 100th wow. year centennial anniversary next year. So I think it's safe to say that over 100 years, the world has changed a lot. 
lot, right? Yeah. Especially in the past like 12 years, 15 years, yeah, 19 years, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's what we're here to do today is really just to, to tackle this question, to learn more about the Restaurant Association, uh, the, the history of the Restaurant Association, uh, and what the future of the Restaurant Associations look like. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but I talked to a lot of restaurant owners. I've had a couple of conversations in the past five years. Yeah. And I've come across a couple of people who have some opinions about restaurant associations and it it being a kind of worth the investment. Like, I don't know. I can never use my membership. Like I, I stopped doing that last year. And I wonder if they are kind of jumping the gun, if there's certain things about the restaurant associations that we should know about and take advantage of. Um, so these are some of the things I'm kind of hoping come out of today's conversation. Uh, but first, um, Tell us more about the history of the Restaurant Association. Like, what, what do we need to know? Start with wherever you think it makes sense. Sure. So um, in 1937, that's when the Texas Restaurant Association was actually formed. And it was formed, I think, at the State Fair of Dallas. These guys got together, and because it was all guys back in the day, um, and uh, formed an association for the state. And this was years after, because... Uh, NRA, National Restaurant Association, was started in 1919. So 1937 is when Texas got their act together and started doing the same thing. And I believe, and I I can't remember exactly, but it was either around egg or chicken prices. So they wanted more favorable pricing on eggs or chickens for their restaurants. And honestly, that's kind of been the tenure with the restaurant association since then, um, is advocating on behalf of restaurant businesses. And that's still a huge part of what the Restaurant Association does today. Um, We've passed lots of great legislation, and I could tell you more about that. Um, But being advocates for the restaurant business in Texas has always been part of what our, our true mission is. In fact, our mission statement says we are the indispensable resource and advocate for food service and hospitality in the state of Texas. So what that means is that you know, you don't, as a restaurant owner, you don't have to worry about going down to the Capitol or calling, well, actually we like it when you call your representatives, uh, but you don't have to worry about what kind of legislation is coming up that might affect your business. We're out there doing it for you and we'll tell you about it. Like we'll say, hey, this is something that's going to affect restaurants either positively or negatively. And then we'll help sort of guide restaurant owners as to like what action they need to take to help us pass the legislation or help us defeat legislation. We're lucky in Texas that the legislature only meets every two years. We're getting ready to start a new legislative session in 2019. And so we'll have a whole nother slate of bills that we're going to be fighting for or against on behalf of our restaurant members. The important thing to remember about the advocacy side of what our business does is that it is based on who is involved. So if you are not a member of the restaurant association, yes, we're passing bills on your behalf or what we assume is your behalf. But if you become a member and you're involved with what we do, advocacy-related, that informs our advocacy position. The staff here, we don't come up with it. We don't say, oh, we should fight that bill or, oh, we should support it. We go to our members constantly and say, what do you think about this? What would you like to do? Is there anyone you know we can can work with on this? Um, So it really is like a membership collaborative experience. Unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of people out there that have the opinion that sort of this – our platform is done from up high and no one can touch it. And it's all very conservative. And and that's not actually true. I mean, in general, it's pretty pro-business because we want business owners to survive. You know, we don't want bad legislation passed that's going to affect them negatively. But it really is based on who's involved with us. And that informs our platform. You know, I think it's funny that you start with legislation because if if I had to defend the restaurant association, I don't know, like we're talking Whenever I say a restaurant association, I'm talking about all restaurant associations sure. on the state level, the national level. When If I had to defend the restaurant association, I would say that that is the one thing that I think that the most weight they carry is going to uh, – you know, defend the, the small business owner, the, the restaurant owner, and keep their ear to the ground, pay attention to what's happening with legislation, and really just being our, our advocate, like you said. Um, there's other legs to the restaurant association, too, that we didn't really touch on. I know mm-hmm. there's an the educational piece. Uh, yeah. What's the, the other, the third? I kind of remember it as being a, a tripod. So it's, yeah, it's, um, so education is definitely a piece of it, but products and services is the other side of it. But then it's, it's technically four pieces. Uh, engagement and community. Well, that's why we're here. Like, correct me. Feel free to correct me. I'm here to learn. <laughs> sure. I'm not an expert on this stuff. Yeah. Like, that's why we're here. We're here to have the conversation, to dive deeper about the purpose of the Restaurant Association and uh, all the different limbs and the, the, the facets and the functions of the association. Sure. So legislation, education, products and services, and 
Community one, and engagement. Community and engagement. So, and that's like, a, that's a big one. And that's actually where a lot of our focus is going to be on in the future. And I'll talk about that later. But um, we have 23 different chapters around the state, which is pretty uh, huge. <laughs> Obviously, Texas is really big. And so we have to divide our membership up in some way. And as of now, we've always done it geographically. So we have four major metros, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston, all of those offices or all of those locations have their own office. And then we have 19 other chapters around the state that represent sort of some of the smaller communities that don't necessarily have staff, or if they do, it's like part-time staff. So if you think about it, like Lubbock, uh, Rio Grande Valley, Montgomery County, Brazos, East Texas, there's tons of chapters out there that are all doing the same thing, representing their community's interests, their restaurant community's interests. And that's where you see a lot of really good community interaction and engagement is on that metro and chapter level because people get together once a month to have a drink and break bread and talk about the business. And since they're in the community, they're in the same community, frequently they have some of the same issues, whether that's fighting different small legislative issues on the city or school board or, or something like that. But it also could be, you know, what a big thing is right now is uh, finding talent. And so they can easily get together and be like, hey, where did you look for your last um, hire? And they could tell them, oh, I, I found them on this job site or I did a listing this way. Um, and so that's how they learn really well, too. Um, on the education side of things, we do put together a lot of education. So we have education events throughout the year. Our biggest one is at TRA Marketplace, which is our big trade show and, and educational conference. Um, which is in Houston, July 14th and 15th, 2019. Sorry. <laughs> if you're in, if you're in Texas, you can attend those. <laughs> uh, or in surrounding states, actually. That's true. We are the second largest trade show, restaurant trade show in the country, uh, second only to the NRA show. In and I Chicago. went to it this summer. It was, a, it was a blast. Yeah, it was great. You guys did a great job. We ate so, a lot of bacon. I, <laughs> I don't think I had any bacon, actually. Where was the bacon? I was standing in front of you eating the bacon. Was this before this or after I rush. went in the down the oh the lone star yeah okay well there is a lot of alcohol being served i did not imbibe <laughs> i did <laughs> so anyway um i digress yeah uh legislation we i think we kind of uh talked about that education mm -hmm. uh which is more so how do you communicate how do you how do you educate what what mediums are you using to educate okay so we're one of the um we're one of the few restaurant associations that are actually lucky to have content people on staff. So we are actually creating original content all the time, um, not just about legislative issues, but also around like, where should you look for your next employee? Or what are some top five marketing tips that you should employ in 2019? Um, all sorts of stuff like that. So we have a pretty active blog on our website, txrestaurant.org. We also put out a quarterly digital magazine called Restaurantville. And there are, there's always like a really long feature in there. And then, you know, there's other sub stories as well that sort of go to talk about the industry. Yeah. And that's kind of an interesting thing because I, I do agree that restaurant associations have kind of been beaten in the content game because we don't, I mean, we have staff that work on content, but we don't have a full-time news staff that's out there like trolling for articles and coming up with bylines and, and interviewing people. We have to do that kind of on, as a side. So I'd say that like places like Eater and Modern Restaurant Magazine and QSR and Pizza Marketplace, like all those guys do a fantastic job of really creating great content. But the one thing they cannot do that we can is tell our members what that content means. Mm. So if Eater puts out a story, frankly, chances are it's geared more to the consumer. So um, restaurants can read it, but they're going to be thinking about it from their business perspective. And then the big trade publications like Nation's Restaurant News or something like that, they put out stories, but it's not localized. So that's one of the great things that TRA can do is actually take that information, run it through our little filter, our Texas restaurant filter, and say, okay, what does this actually mean for Texas restaurants? Okay, there's a romaine lettuce crisis right now. What does that mean for our restaurants? And we can tell them, you know, this is what you need to worry about. It came from this supplier. Check this. You know, and you you're not going to get that kind of content by just going to yeah. Eater. And, and I think you know, a lot of the, a lot of the content you guys are are putting out is at the actual trade shows, right? You have these panels. Uh, you are sure. recording those conversations. I know that that's what the National Restaurant Association yeah. does. They have like hours and hours upon hours of content that they're recording during mm -hmm. that three or four day period, and then they probably release it. I don't know all at once or how that works. I know you worked with them pretty closely for a while. 
even I worked with the, with like the, at the, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that's <laughs> what did, you yeah, did. I did, yeah. They rolled it out um, periodically is, is what they did do, kind of help the content live a little longer, which is exactly what we do. So honestly, I think, so I don't know if I've said this yet. We've been talking back and forth and I think you know where I stand uh, with regard to, I'm trying, and I'm definitely biased. That's something I need to come out and say, like I'm biased towards this. Um, I've had certain experiences with a restaurant association. I cannot say which one it is. I signed papers saying I would not talk trash. Um, So anyway, I got to be careful what I say, but I definitely lean towards the idea that um, at one point, in time, restaurant associations were like necessary, like absolutely 100%. Like we need these things to be educated, to keep our ear to the ground. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need something to exist to, to serve this purpose. And that was like around the time before the internet was evolved or, or like sure. present, right? Um, that's kind of where I stand. But you know what? That's not necessarily the best mentality. And one thing I want to be better about doing going into the future is being open-minded. Uh, I have opinions, but could I learn more and could I change my opinion? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why I'm here today to learn as much from you about restaurant associations. Uh, but I think, and then I agree on that, that, that point that you made, we were beaten quote unquote in the educational form because of honestly, no one entity can keep up with the entirety of the internet. No, it can't no. happen. It's impossible. So, it's not like you're not doing a good job. It's just like, it's the the reality of the marketplace that we're in today. Like it's a massive beast of content, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who can compete with that singularly? No one. No one. And that's one of the reasons why we actually, since I came on board at TRA, we're really focused a lot more on really partnerships that make sense for our members. And so we're looking for content partners, maybe content podcast <laughs> Uh, to uh, to sort of get some good information to our restaurant members because we know that we can't be the end-all be-all. So what kind of partnerships can we form that makes it easier for our members? We do want to be the destination for them. Um, you know, whenever you think about, oh, shit, my refrigerator just broke down. Like, what do I do? Uh, how do I save the food that's still in my walk-in? How, is it good after a certain amount of time? You don't want to call the health department to ask that question because chances are they'll come, they'll show up right next yeah. the next day. But one thing that people may not realize is we have operations professional staff on at on the TRA staff. So you can call Phil anytime you want. He lists his cell phone number on the website too. And he'll answer any question an operator might have about operations. You know, what do you do to save food from a walk-in? What do you do whenever you have a harassment issue with an employee? Um, we also have a lawyer on staff. Our general counsel gives legal advice to any member who calls. I mean, you can't like take 20 hours a week from him or something like that. But if you have like a general question, like, Hey, can you look over this contract or what do I do about this employee? You know, cause HR law is very, very tricky. He's an expert in all of that. And so it's really nice to be able to call someone and just say, Hey, I'm kind of freaking out. What do I do about this? And then you get the dulcet tones of Kenneth Besserman talking to you <laughs> about how, how you're going to get through it. So and it's going to be okay. If you have a membership, if you're a part of whatever fill in the blank state restaurant association, yeah. you have access to a lawyer 20, not 24, seven, but you have pretty good access to a lawyer with your membership. You do, because if, if your state restaurant association doesn't have a general counsel on staff that does that, you're also a member of the National Association, and NRA does have general counsel on staff, so you can always call them as well, and they, they, will, they will get to you. They will so it's kind of like legal Zoom for the restaurant industry. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> I mean, no, you know, one thing we've all always fallen behind on is technology. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that really hurts restaurant associations is, our technology really lagged. And a lot of that has to do with like association management software is not easy and updating databases is not easy. And it's never been something that, um, restaurant association staff has been super adept at. And so that's one thing that we have to focus on in the future of getting better at is really making sure that the technology is there to match our members needs because yes, you could call, but like, why can't you text, Mm. you know, like that would be so much easier. Um, and so we're working on, on stuff like that for the future. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really do- dove into the, uh, for the third leg. I don't know if they're in any particular order, but, uh, product or product and services. So oh, sure. what's, how do you guys handle that element? Yeah. So, um, we have, um, I, I think a lot of other associations do it this way too, but we have another business entity that is for profit and that is our insurance services. So we are able to offer workers comp insurance. We have a preferred partnership with Texas mutual. We have a preferred partnership with Marsh Wortham so we can offer property and casualty insurance. And then we also have preferred partnership with United healthcare so we can offer, you know, health insurance for restaurant employees. We don't actually write 
the insurance. We're not brokers or anything like that, but we can get people in touch with um, who they need to. And we can get their questions around insurance answered as well, which insurance, ugh, it's so boring, but it's super necessary. And mm-hmm. before you even, you know, step foot on like a restaurant construction site, you have to have insurance in place. And so those, that's one big area that we supply for our members. Cause if you write with one of our partners, you're going to get a discount because you're a TRA member. So basically uh, the TRA is using its numbers to get a discounted rate. That's is ex- is yeah, there more yes, than that? Or? Yes and no. It's not It's not quite that simple. Um, we're able to negotiate a preferred partnership and get a preferred rate uh, because of how big we are. But then it comes down to individual restaurants with what their pricing is going to be. Okay. So you're yeah. using um, your, uh, I guess, what's the word? The clout. Word? Clout or uh, gusto or significance to uh, as leveraging power to get better rates for your members. Yes, that's that's what we try to do. Although it's not it's not a group policy, so I don't want to confuse anybody. That's not how we do. Not everyone's anyway. It gotcha. It's very complicated, and we have an insurance guy right next door who can answer all those questions <laughs> way better than I could. Gotcha. Um, but we also have other programs too that we offer discounts through. There's these really great online forms, which seems kind of simple, but field focused. They do all these great forms for restaurants. So if you want to do like a practice, like health insurance walkthroughs or um, health inspection walkthrough, they can create forms for you to, to go and practice it. We have discounts through BMI. We have discounts through uh, Heartland Payment Processor. Um, we actually just signed a new one, which is a power broker, which is kind of inter- interesting. Like, I, I got really into power last year because we had to sort of evaluate this. But basically, it's not easy for restaurants to set their own power rates. And this has never been an issue before because power rates remain kind of low. But now they're kind of on the uptick. So we're offering a brokerage service for people, for restaurateurs to go and shop around for different um, you know, power suppliers only if they're in a deregulated area. Yeah. I think this is another area where, um, looking, taking what I know about making money online, uh, being a podcast. So this is, I mean, my intent isn't to get only to, to make money. I need to survive. But at the same time, I know this world because of the fact that I need to survive. Um, there are, uh, like I know with my podcast, for example, I can get discounts to certain like POS companies, or I don't have any special deals with like brokerages or, or insurance companies or anything like that. But I know maybe like restaurantowners.com might have something similar. Um, honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested if uh, this tier has the same impact that it had maybe 20 years ago. Do you think it does because of how many other opportunities there are in the internet for people to get deals? You know, one thing I, I would say about that, yeah, you're right. There are lots of podcasts out there that can get you deals on anything. There are, you know, websites that do it. There's some community restaurant websites that do the same thing and can get you discounts on shoes and stuff like that. And we can offer all that too. The one thing to keep in mind though is we don't actually have an angle. Our angle is for restaurants to do better business. We want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I don't need them to listen to anything to get that. You know, I don't need them to refer anything. I don't need them to write a review about us to get that. All I need them to do is become a member and say, this is something I belong to. This is something I believe in. Got you. Um, so I just want to like take another step back just to make sure when I challenge Anna, it's not because I'm trying to, you know, show like the it's weakness terrible. of the restaurant association. It's because I'm generally curious, you know, or genuinely curious. And yeah. I think we need to have these conversations instead of just going out there and saying restaurant associations are a waste of money. Don't become a member. Is that true? Like, like I don't think like, that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out. Cause I've heard people say it. Um, so I, I want to give this opportunity to associations to really educate ourselves on the, the impact that they have and what sure. they can do. Well, um, I, I will say, I mean, no pressure, right on me, me, it's, it's all on in, Anna's shoulders to prove the value of joining a restaurant association. <laughs> you're, so. you're doing I'm great. So well, sorry, you are the best person to talk to about this <laughs> because I mean, I've just been blown away by, by your, your, authenticity in your generosity and, and you want to do well. If there's one person to represent the restaurant associations for all associations, it's Anatazin. Like, mm. I believe that like you're a great representative. You're the person I should be talking to. Well, so- I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. And I'm glad you're challenging me. Honestly, I never ended up, I never thought I'd end up in trade associations and it turns out eight years later, like I'm, I'm still hanging around them. And there was a point in my tenure with national restaurant association where I realized oh, we can actually help someone's business. We can help them do well. We can Mm -hmm. help them employ more people. We can help them make better hires. We can train them on all this stuff. And we're not looking to like 
make tons of money. Like we, we don't make tons of money as a membership organization. You know, we, we do that. We're able to make some money um, from support of our sponsors or our partners or something like that. But it really is some of the best work you could do. I mean, I sit here every day, Eric, and think about how to help our members survive, you know, whatever's going to happen in 2019. Like who sits around and actually thinks about how their members, you know, we've got some great restaurants down in like McAllen, Texas. I think about this little food truck operator, Nuri, um, how are they going to survive 2019? What kind of products can I create that are free for them as members to go and, and get through all that? Like, it's amazing. It's the most rewarding work I can imagine doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, one other question I do have, um, how does the association monetize? So I know that there's the membership fee, mm-hmm. right? What yep. else do you guys, I know there's sponsorships, sure. right? So yeah. So similar to a podcast. Um, yes. In the sense that like sponsorships work a certain way, like sure. What else do you guys do? I will say it's a little different from a podcast because we can actually do some pretty interesting stuff because okay. of our, our data capability. You know, we keep different lists and stuff like that. And so we're actually able to to reach out to a lot of different restaurants, members and non-members for our sponsors. We can also come up with, um, because we have fairly creative sponsorship group, we can come up with new activations. So it's not just like branding. It's not just slap your logo on something and call it a day. We actually can be kind of creative. So yeah, so we do have money through sponsorships. We get money through partnerships. Our partnerships are a little different because we have like a revenue share set up for some of that. Um, and then we make money off of our membership, not not a ton. And then Marketplace actually is probably our, our biggest money maker next to our insurance. What is actually, Marketplace? Insurance is higher. Um, okay, so Marketplace, TRA Marketplace is our trade show and educational conference that I mentioned earlier. It happens in July. So a really lovely time to come down to Texas. It's not hot at all, I swear. Um, Liar. <laughs> it was 114 degrees when I was here. It's okay. Summer. Glistening is actually really in right now. You don't want your skin there to is, look matte. It, it's indoors. There's AC. You'll <laughs> it's be fine. Indoors it's, it's a trade show, and it's always been a trade show. Um, only in the past couple of years have we really started to take a look at how to change it and offer more relevant education. And so... Um, I had education uh, programming experience with NRA, and so I brought that down with me to TRA. And so we created some really good um, education events last year, and we're going to be doing the same thing in 2019. We're already looking at some keynote speakers, and I can't tell you who they are yet, but I guarantee they're going to be amazing and really helpful. And like for restaurateurs to learn from their peers is really important, and so we make sure to put experts up on panels and up on stage, but they're not going to be sponsored. So unlike other restaurant events, which I will not name, uh, they put all their sponsors on stage and that's fine. But then you're talking to the person who could pay for it. If you're, if you're not going to mention it, can I mention it? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know for sure, but I, there's, uh, I'm going to take the higher road. We won't go there. <laughs> so good for you. Anyway, um, I lost track of thought. We were talking about how you're monetizing uh, the association. Yes. And we're um, talking about TRA marketplace. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I took some notes. The, the four channels I have is the marketplace sponsorships, memberships. And did I hear you say you're making money from the insurance? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, where would you, how would you prioritize this? What's your biggest moneymaker? The marketplace? Uh, no insurance and then marketplace and then membership and then sponsorship. So is, is the insurance kind of like a sponsorship? Kind of, sort of, because we do promote them a lot, obviously, because we want them to do well, because the more they do well, the better it is for us as well. Um, yeah. The- so this is where I'm going to come out and make a statement uh, from what I've experienced. Oh, Lord. I have experienced that there is, um, with my, this is just my own experience, that uh, there's kind of a, a weird line between what the priorities are, taking care of the sponsors and the affiliations you have are taking care of the members. Sure. Um, and that's where it got a little wishy-washy for me, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, am I crazy? No, no, you're not. And I, I will say that there are other restaurant associations and restaurant events out there that prioritize sponsors over members. We do not do that. I have made that absolutely clear with my team that we, you know, just because they hand us a boatload of money, 
we will always take more by the way. Um, <laughs> they, that they don't, that doesn't mean that like they're going to get on stage. It doesn't mean that they're going to be able to buy their way into like a successful sponsorship because I want to make sure that it's actually going to be good for our members. So we will always prioritize members. And again, I'm not trying to demonize restaurant associations, but at the same time, like the past 20 years has been a really interesting time for the world, not just restaurant associations. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten more difficult for restaurant associations to make money. Uh, yeah. So it, the, the changing, the change in the economy, the change in the way we do business has had an impact. So people had to get creative. I think it got a little dicey there. So like, yeah, but I don't think it's creative to just expect more sponsorship money and just keep doing things the same way. I think that restaurant associations have to completely reinvent themselves in order to survive. And that means probably reduction in staff, um, probably a reduction in projects that we do every year. Facilities. Yes, I completely agree. And other people would agree with you on that as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, there have to be, it has to be a complete overhaul of, of what we've been doing. Um, and that's uncomfortable. Change is hard and people fear change. And so in order to combat that, you have to, you know, sort of create small wins along the way that are still innovative and disruptive, but not so alarming yeah. for people. So before we, Part of the, the mission today is to talk about the future, what the future looks like, how you plan on getting creative to to evolve, to move into the future. But before we do that, I, I kind of want to um, really make sure I want to leave something for the listeners um, so they can take some action. So sure. in your opinion, what can people be doing to really and what's it cost to get a membership to a restaurant association on average? I know it's probably different across the boards. $295. $295 a year. Yeah how can we get our money back or even make money by becoming a member of a restaurant association? I mean, first of all, we do have a membership calculator on our website where you can actually say like, this is how, this is what I make in revenue. So our membership fees are based on revenue from the restaurant. So however much you're making per year, that says that tells us how much you can pay for membership. Um, so when you go into this calculator, it can actually tell you like, where are you going to save money by becoming a member? And it calculates it all out for you. Every single time, everything I've put in there, your membership is paid for pretty much by day one. Because if you go and write an insurance policy with one of our insurance partners, for example, you're going to save a certain percentage of money off of what your policy is right now that'll probably be higher than $295. You know, I can't can't guarantee that, obviously, because every restaurant's different. Um, But other discounts that we offer through our sponsors, that'll pay for your membership. What are the big big discounts or the big the big relationships that you have so we can be crystal clear. In addition to the insurance companies, we also offer uh, discounts with with BMI, you know, which is a sort of a music licensing company, bright kitchen power, which is our energy savings program. The brokerage that I mentioned, Harlan payment systems, field focus. Yeah, that's it. That's it right now. But have you thought about partnering with a a POS company? Do you guys have any partnerships with POS? We actually did have a partnership with a POS company. And I was it Aloha. No, really? Well, they're a long time ago. Big deal. Oh, so you think that everything we do is just 20 years ago. That's <laughs> exactly what it sounds that's, like. That's everything you say. You know, you know, this is why I'm having the conversation. I'm trying to be better, Anna. You know what, Eric? <laughs> I'm only 34 years old, so we're not going to be doing things that were what was popular then. I know. I know. Okay. That's why you're here. Uh, okay. So anyway. well, the reason why I ask is you said you have a partnership with Heartland, right? Yeah. Well, so Heartland is payment processing. And exactly. that is actually, that's a, that's something that's passed down from national. So national created a partnership originally, and now they have individual agreements with the states that are still partnered with them. Uh, the reason why I ask is because I know a lot of people are going to close platforms. Say for example, yes. toast is a huge example, yes. probably one of the most popular platforms there is, and you can't use Heartland. So right. I just want to make sure people know that like there are open and closed platforms. So be, if you're like, Oh, like, we can go with Heartland, but if you're using Toast, then you have to just be mindful of that kind of stuff. How much money is Toast giving you, Eric? None. But here's the thing. I, I just interview people, and they tell me what they use. I have no agenda other no, than getting totally recommendations. Fine. It's totally fine. In fact, we actually did have an agreement with a POS company, and I ended that um, last year. Not through, I mean, the POS company is still really good. Um, if people go with them, that's fine. The problem I saw in endorsing a POS company is there's too many different types of restaurants and too many different types of businesses that you can't say I endorse this company and it's great for everyone. So that's why we don't have an endorsed deal with a POS company. To be fair, we are examining all of our preferred endorsed partnerships right now to make sure that they all stick with that mentality that we're not leaving people out or saying you have to do this because we don't, we don't want to do that. 
Got you. And I think, you know, I think you've kind of identified so swallow the, what you were about, just about to say. No, what I was about to say is I agree with you because I'm right there with you. Like, for example, I'm talking about Toast, but in Q1, Rebel is my sponsor. Uh, they're an open platform, by the way, and they do work with Heartland. But I'm just speaking openly. Like, uh, there's a ton of things out there. This industry, if there's one thing I've learned, it's not black and white. It, it's it's so fluid. There's not one way to do things right. And it, there's so many variables that you, you just have to be open-minded, which is again, why we're here to talk, to learn, to educate ourselves, to have the conversation and to ed, like to not just make opinions, but to have something to back it up. Right. right. Well, and one thing too, that I want to point out, I mean, I don't really like endorsed deals. I think that it's very limiting, but, um, we do have a panel, like our executive committee has to go through, like every time someone applies to be a preferred partner, and I can't tell you how many applications we get for that. Um, it goes through a huge vetting process. It usually takes like a year for us to say, yes, we're going to endorse you. And it's first vetted by the staff. And then it's vetted by our, our executive committee, which is all made up of restaurant operator, you know, restaurant owners. So they're in the field. They know what's out there and what's, what's appropriate. Okay. And we turn down 90%. Awesome. Yeah. Um, have we identified all the, the returns on investment? I think is it, is it safe to say we've kind of, or is there more you want to bring to our attention? I mean, the, the stuff about the advice, you know, about legal advice and operations advice, you know, I offer marketing and technology advice. If you call someone with a question about what should I do for my restaurant, one of us will be able to answer it or find you the right person that can answer it. And you can't really put a price tag on like what those connections really mean, but it's huge. You know, if you it, like, I've had some younger restaurateurs call me and say, Hey, I really need to learn from someone who's an expert in barbecue. Well, here's Skeeter Miller's number. He runs County line. He can probably tell you everything you need to know about the barbecue business. And then some, you know, so that kind of thing too is really, really valuable. And I don't really know how to put a price tag on introductions, Yeah, but we do a lot of that, a lot of that as yeah. you well know. So I think to come full circle on this question, uh, what, like what's the return on investment? You said of $250 or whatever. Right. For like the lowest level, that's, that's what the intro price is. So there's that, but I think the, the, I mean, yeah, take advantage of the, uh, I don't know what to call these things we were just discussing, the uh, discounted products and services. services. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, take advantage of that. But really to to get your return on on investment is get involved. Uh, Because like you mentioned at the very very beginning of this conversation, it's a matter of going to restaurant owners and getting them to tell you what the problems are so you can then go do something about it. So they're not going to just know they have to have that. There has to be that two way communication going. Mm-hmm. You can't just sign up and expect them to do all these things for you. Communicate, get involved, share your challenges, share your problems. So they know the more that people talk, the, the more the data is there, the more they can prioritize how to best serve you. So don't keep your mouth shut and just bitch to your friends. Keep your mouth open and go talk to people that are at the restaurant association and tell them what your challenges are. By the way, at the end of this, I do want a list of names of people who have shit on us so that I can just address it heads on. But here's the thing. A lot of those people probably are the people that I'm identifying that spend the $250 just because they're supposed to do that. They, they pay their dues or whatever. And then, um, they never do anything with it. Right. And they just expect the world to be easier because they spent their $250. Right. And I'm, I, yeah, I mean, it is what, it, you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Right. Yeah. Is basically what you're saying. And exactly. one other thing too, I just want to, I don't want to forget this is we do offer discounts on certification as well. So your TABC, your serve safe, all that stuff we offer discounts on, which people are going to buy anyway. And yeah. in fact, like last year, I think we defeated legislation. There was some community in Texas that was charging an additional fee for people to go and get certified, even though it, there was no need for that. They were basically putting a tax on it and we squashed that. Okay. So I think there's one other thing that I thought restaurant associations did, and this did not come up. So I'm surprised, but promotion, is that something that you guys get involved with promoting restaurants? You know, we do that occasionally. Like we'll do like new member spotlights or member spotlights or something like that. And we do do that. We'd like to do more of it. But we just haven't had Honestly, the resources. I think that's one area where restaurant associations should just not get involved because it becomes because they only promote members and it gets a little weird. And, you know, but we don't I mean, OK, but we also do like on social media and stuff like we're constantly talking about restaurants that are in the news. Members are not, yeah. you know, and we don't ever want to single out a member to be like, they're the best text yeah. in the in the state. That would be terrible. Like For all the other members. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're never going to do that, but we do like recognition. Yeah. So like we do do awards, we do awards throughout the year. Um, and it all is, is done. You know, we present them at one night right before TRI marketplace, but that's the way we kind of do promotion. So it's, it's more recognition. Yeah. I think kind of bring to bring it back to what we were discussing earlier, the marketplace has changed so much. The restaurant association, is competing with so many other, not just the state 
like reach, but like the national reach because, because of all these online publications that are out there sure. and tools and resources for promotion. I just don't see the restaurant association be able to go up, up the, the, to stand up against those other resources. So why, yeah. why do it if you can't be the best at it? Right. Um, well, there are plenty of people out there that suck. So <laughs> I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I don't, I, maybe you should talk to them, but, uh, we're not going to do that. We're definitely not going to yeah. be like, I mean, we produce content, but we produce the content that we can and we don't try to overreach. But one thing we can do, like I said earlier, is look at all that content out there, most of which is garbage, and say, okay, this is important. And yeah. we highlight that in communications that we send out to our members. An example I can think of is like a restaurant week, right? Uh, where the restaurant do association that. will hold a restaurant week, but at the same time, they expect you to lower all of your rates and give discounts to the people. So that's why a, we don't do that. Yeah, like that's Texas one example. Doesn't do that. Okay, interesting. So, right. in, in fact, like we just kind of let the restaurant weeks like they do their thing. Occasionally, we'll talk about it, but that's I think I don't point, want restaurants to lower the prices. In 1995, I'm sure that drove traffic, and I'm sure that helped you get new guests. Today, I just don't think it has the same impact that it used to. That 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 way of promotion. There's also like some situations in certain cities where if you're not participating participating in restaurant week, some of the people that are organizing it will call you and harass you to yeah. get involved. And it's kind of bullshit. Like <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't force anybody to right. lower their prices. I think we can move on. Sorry. From that topic. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you so, brought it up. No, I did, but you know, it's good. And this, this is why we're here to kind of address these uh, rumors. That's one of the biggest rumors I've heard is that it's a, the, the, the restaurant weeks are like a waste of money or blah, blah, but blah. But that's not what we, but, but this restaurant is, associations do. We don't do the restaurant weeks. I know of one that does. And I, this is where I have to backpedal out the conversation before I get that's in trouble. Right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I think it's safe to kind of move on to, oh, I had another question. I can't think of it. It'll come back to me. Um, okay. Let's take a break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. All right. I have a question for you. How can an anonymous employee reporting program be a profit center for your restaurant? Hmm. Well, for starters, fraud alone represents a staggering loss to the restaurant industry with an estimated $40 billion in losses in the U.S. in 2017 alone. And this does not include the losses and costs associated with the more than 540,000 calls made to the U.S. EEOC in 2017, resulting in millions of dollars in penalties and legal costs for restaurant owners and investigators related to claims of harassment and discrimination. So do I have your attention? Good, because there's more. Employee tip-offs about misconduct continue to be the most common method for detection and prevention, but employees are often deterred from reporting their concerns directly to supervisors because they're afraid that there's going to be retaliation or they might lose their job or something, and I get it. But with Ethics Suites Anonymous and web-based RestaurantEthics.com, you can provide a safe, secure, simple, and anonymous communication channel between you and your employees to help protect your hard-earned reputation and assets. Go to ethicssuites.com slash restaurants unstoppable and you'll get three additional months so for the cost of 12 months you'll get 15 months or head over to the show notes and find the banner and you can use the link there if you listen to restaurant unstoppable i'm sure you've heard me say it before but i'll say it again there are two things that you need to let determine your growth the first thing that's people the second thing that's cash flow and we've got you covered on the cash flow part of things because i'm working with cashflowtool.com the ultimate cloud-based solution for your business cashflowtool.com is simple powerful and predictive it's simple because it requires no data entry it's always up to date and it works on any device anywhere it's powerful because with its built-in cash flow calendar activity feed and anomaly detector you instantly know all aspects of your cash flow with no surprises and it's predictive because you know your cash flow today and you can anticipate it tomorrow head over to www.cashflowtool.com unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and you'll receive pro features at the essential features price. All right, we're back. And I remember the question I was going to ask you. And again, the whole purpose of this conversation is to uh, challenge the, the notion of whether or not restaurant associations had the same significance or impact that they did say 20 years ago. So let me ask you straight up. Do you think that the restaurant associations have the same impact and significance, the same uh, weight they had 20 years ago? No. Okay. Why? Well, 
for a variety of reasons. I think that when it comes to advocacy and legislative stuff, we are still the heavy hitters. We are absolutely kill it Agreed. in that area. So, I mean, that's the, that's the point of the spear and that will always be the point of, of the trade association. But I think though we may not have the same impact, it's, it's not because we've gotten any weaker. It's just because like we've been talking about, there are a lot more players in the space now. So like when it comes to content, when it comes to education, when it comes to purchasing, you know, people don't need to go to a trade show to purchase something anymore. For Mm -hmm. example, they can learn about it on Google, but if you're going to buy a big, you know, uh, mixer or something like that, like a big piece of equipment, there are very few places that you can actually go and touch and feel and talk to the develop, like the salespeople of a variety of different companies. So you can do all your research online, but then if you want to touch and feel and talk about it, like that is still what a trade, a trade show is for. Um, so that's like sort of on the purchasing side. I also think that, I mean, there is something to a generational divide about trade associations and not just restaurant associations, but I'm talking about trade associations overall. And I think that unfortunately our generation, millennial generation kind of gets a bad rap about not being joiners. But the truth is we actually are joiners. We just find our communities in a different way. So, I mean, we're the generation that found our, you know, furry communities for you, Eric on like Tumblr or something like that. Furry communities. What are you trying to say right now? I, I think you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you can kind of go through the long tail and figure out, like, where do I belong? What What is my community? You can find them out there. And so millennials and Gen Z and Gen Y. Let's like, go back to this furry thing. Is there really a thing on Tumblr where furry well, people? <laughs> well, Tumblr just got rid of all their adult content, so probably not. Oh, man, I missed the window. You Keep really going. Did. You really did. <laughs> Um, I think what restaurant associations and trade associations in general have is an awareness problem, really. And that's what me as a marketer is is charged with doing is making sure that people are aware of the association and they find out more about it and the information they find about it is valuable. And so it makes them want to convert into being a member. They want to say, yeah, you know what? I think I do belong here. I do believe in restaurants. I love Texas restaurants. I want to support what, what they're doing and I want to be a part of it. I want to brand myself with that. And we've actually been doing that as a generation for a long time. It's just making sure that they know that these associations exist. That's the issue is awareness. It's not that we're not joiners. It's just they don't know that it exists. I think the other thing that has to be brought to our attention is the fact that big things tend to move slowly. Think of a ship. A ship can't self-correct quickly. And the one thing that has happened with these, some of these restaurant associations, it's like the national restaurant association and the Texas uh, restaurant association. I can't talk right now. The national restaurant association and the Texas restaurant association, they're big entities. Um, Texas is a a big state, you know, it's a big restaurant association. Mm -hmm. It can't adapt quickly. It takes time to to course correct. Owner restaurantowner.com or uh, the restaurant expert or some, one of these independent consultants that also do content, uh, information, mm-hmm. uh, education, stuff like that. Uh, they can, they're like a jet ski. They can stop quick and turn on a, a dime if they have to, to, uh, to keep up with the changing marketplace. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can't really blame the restaurant association for taking time to, uh, acclimate and adjust to the new marketplace. Right. I think I can place my blame squarely on them, actually, like because I get that same sort of sense of frustration. This is Anna talking now. I, <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So, I mean, I've been in association world for for a long time. I was with National for five and a half years. I've been with TRA for two. Um, so I, I've seen what's going on, and I've actually used that same analogy of a giant ship, and it feels like we're throwing pebbles at the ship trying to course correct. And, and that's what it feels like. And frankly, I think that there has to be a reinvention from the very top uh, in order to see new changes that are going to be more relevant, not just to our existing association members, but also to the younger and more diverse crowds as well. But I do know that at Texas, we've actually taken some steps to course correct. Course correct is kind of a harsh pivot. thing to say. Yeah, pivot, do better, whatever we want to say. Um, respectfully, you know, our CEO is retiring uh, in 2019, which is both a, a huge loss and a chance to sort of reinvent what Texas has been doing as, uh, for a restaurant association. Um, and so that's a huge deal. We're also going through some really interesting board structural changes as well that's going to allow for more specific leadership succession processes to be in place where we're actually looking to find people that are more diverse, that have different restaurants that come from different age groups, from different ethnicities, more women, um, you know, more people of sexual, different sexual orientation. Like that's super important to us and we want to find more of it. And I think 
it's kind of a, uh, it's a, across the board an issue where you don't know you, what you don't know if you don't know these people. And so now that we're getting really specific about what we need to be, I think we are going to see faster changes once that's in place. And yeah, when you're 82 years old, it's hard to to pivot and, and turn around. But we're also probably going to see more restaurant associations and trade associations go through rebranding. You know, what do we want to call ourselves? I would not be surprised if some very large association that represent restaurants out there goes through a rebranding, you know, just in time for their big celebration next year. Read between the lines on that one. <laughs> you know, that's, that's probably going to happen. I got you. Um, so I think we've identified that it's a generational gap issue. It's a fact that these are just big entities that don't move and, and adapt quickly because of the, the things we mentioned earlier, the, the software, right. That it kind of keeps you, on a course, right? That can't change. Like there's things, there's variables that are hard to change and not easy to change, which make it difficult to adjust. Uh, anything else that you think may, may contribute to this, uh, less impactful presence? I, I think that, um, I think for a long time we, you know, as associations, we kind of got in the habit of going with the flow. There was no competition, you know, and, and even though there was a ton of competition out there, Maybe people weren't paying attention to it as much. They thought it was going to just go away. Um, I, I think that there was a little like, ah, oh, it's not broke. Let's not fix it. It's going to be fine. It'll turn around eventually. Fat, dumb, and happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, but it's time to be you know, a little more lean, a little more hungry, a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, okay, I think we've identified uh, that this needs the, the change is going to happen. It's eminent what is the plan? Like what, what's the future of the restaurant association look for you? How, if you had your way, what, what changes would you make? Uh, I've been asked that question a lot lately, actually. Um, but, uh, I think I, you've identified diversity, right? Yes. Diversity is a, is a huge issue and, and something we really want to focus on. And I'm not just talking about diversity of like color, sexual orientation and, and gender. I'm also talking about a diversity of thought and, one of the things that we really would like like to see in the future are something called dialogue dinners. We're working on a beta program of this like right now where we actually bring people together for the purpose of discussing a very hard topic in the restaurant industry. Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and we kind of go over it and just hash it out. It's all off the record, but we learn from each other and that's super important. And having that diversity of thought is going to be crucial to our survival in the future, but not just for us, but for other groups as well. I mean, I won't, I won't say too much more on that, but I think that being able to bring in more diversity is, is definitely important. Um, at the same time, respecting our history, we also have to look at new governance, you know? And so being 82 years old, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of stories and we can't just toss that out and say, Oh, well, this didn't matter. We're just going to, you know, we're cool new millennials and we're going to change everything. No, we have to still be respectful of, of what came before us too. And, and understand that. Um, I think that we need to allow for innovation, experimentation, and failure. Um, I've sort of grown up with that mentality that it's okay to fail and it it has to be okay to fail. And so we have to be able to put together something new, see if it works, doesn't iterate, put it out again. You know, there's that whole thing about fail fast or whatever. You can't really fail fast in an association world because everything moves so slowly, but um, there has to be room for experimentation. So when I was at national, we put together things called tech tours. We did, uh, a restaurant innovation summit. We uh, did a startup alley and inside NRA show things. That, and, and I was really grateful to my mentors there because they were so willing to just try it. They were like, yeah, let, let's see how it goes. And knock of wood, it's still continuing. Oh my God, there's an echo. Yeah, a, you heard that knock. It was a real knock. It was wood. a real knock on wood, <laughs> on real wood. It's a very nice table. So you're saying you, you want to be more innovative and more experimental. Yes. Uh, I mean, you got to be careful what you say because you don't want to make promises and then not be able to do it. But what, what give me an example of some yeah, of the things you said, what would I want to do? Yeah. So, so what would you want to do? Like I mean, not making any promises to us, but like, what does it look like to you? What does the perfect association world look like to you? Well, okay. So one of the things that we're looking into and if Anna had her way, we would do tomorrow is having self forming member groups, um, where it's not just, we're not just dividing ourselves geographically. Now we're dividing ourselves, um, to be a little more focused on marketing in restaurants or fast casual groups 
you know, in the state of Texas or people that want to get together and talk about nutrition in restaurants, boring, but you know, that those kind of member segments based on their interests. Communities. Yes, exactly. Online communities. No, I don't think so. Or- We've actually tried online communities in a variety of different ways and it really hasn't worked. Um, so I'm always, you know, I applaud anyone who's out there trying to create these online communities. And if there are successful ones, we want to be a part of it and support it and send our members there. Um, but what we do best is in-person organization and education. So yeah, Texas is a big state. And maybe if once per year we say, we're going to have a restaurant marketing summit in Texas and we're going to do it in El Paso this year, we're going to do it in Houston the next year, you know, sort of move it around the state to um, appeal to different. So not just one annual restaurant association trade show, but uh marketing summit, leadership summit, yeah. Uh, yeah, delivery knows? takeout summit or oh, like whatever. Man. Oh, could we just like, if we did that, <laughs> now I'm all excited. Could we just create some pinatas in the shape of like DoorDash and just beat it or something like that? <laughs> DoorDash does not sponsor us, by the way. <laughs> so the, what's the most creative thing or the most um, unique thing that you think is possible for the Restaurant Association? Hmm. You know, it's, it's not, it's not anything that groundbreaking really. It's just sort of a refocus on what we should be doing, um, which is helping restaurants succeed. Mm. You know, I mean, every little thing I, I wish I want us to be everywhere our members are. And so you've, if you've been paying attention here in Texas, you've actually seen the TRA brand probably a little more over the past couple of years because we've been trying to partner with different groups that are out there doing other events um, that are out there forming other communities. We want to be a part of that. It's strange because you've, you've been on the team for a couple of years too. Funny how that coincides, <laughs> isn't it? I said it. Anna didn't say it. I said it. You're very kind. <laughs> but I also think that, I, I mean, listen, I think that there. It's, it sounds very simple to say that we're going to go through a rebrand. I am sure that that will probably happen in the next couple of years. Um, and whether that means name change, logo change, focus change, you know, restructuring, whatever, it'll probably be all of those things or none of them. Um, but that is, that is super important because people need to understand who we are again. And if you stay, you know, Hey, we're the 82 year old organization that you should be a part of because your grandpa was like, that doesn't really sell it to me. Right. Or to you. And so, we have to really think about what that message should be. So it's not, it's not earth shattering, but so okay. kind of repurpose that repurposing this, this, the same purpose, same mission, but how to get there is going to change the, the route you take. Right. Do you ever see that, um, that meme of Steve Buscemi who's got like the skateboard over his hand, he's going through school and it says like, Hey, cool kids or whatever. Um, that's what it feels like sometimes whenever the association is trying to talk to young professionals. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want it to feel a little more authentic. So what can we do tomorrow or today, right? This moment, uh, for listening to this and we're, I don't, I I mean, is are other associations on the state level following suit? Is, this, is it safe to say what we're discussing right now is happening everywhere? Um, I, you know, I, I can really only speak for Texas and I can't really speak for Texas. Uh, this is just me talking. But, you know, we do talk very frequently to Florida and California because they're the closest in size and scope to what we do. And we're very, very close with them. And I, I can say that, you know, they're going through changes as well where they're trying to look at like, okay, what could we be doing different? What can we do be doing better? Um, where should we put our, our, our marketing money and, and stuff like that? So they, they definitely are constantly thinking of that. And they're very lucky to have such great teams over there too, to be doing that. So right now, um, what can we do for listening to this? And we want to make a difference. What's the best thing we can do? Get involved. And, and when I say get involved, you don't have to join as a member today, but like come to something, come to marketplace, come to, you know, a local chapter event, meet some of these people, uh, read some of our online content, something like that. And, and just sort of look for us, you know, cause we're, we're popping up in, in surprising places these days. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to get involved, mm-hmm. um, and they have a pain point and they mm-hmm. have a suggestion, what's the best way to deliver that pain point to you? Oh, uh, probably shoot me a text. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give you my phone number over the air, but if you call my work number, you can get it. Okay. Uh, but you know, you can go to our website, you can search for something. Uh, you know, we've got a pretty robust search on our website so you can find answers to a lot of things we've written about a lot. We've done videos about a lot of subjects. Um, but also, you know, yeah, just, just reaching out and telling us sometimes if you just call our main number, 
512-457-4100 and say, hey, I got a question about this. They're going to transfer you to someone who can help. Um, so that's pretty much how it works. Awesome. I think we've completed our mission for the day. I think we've, or at least I've, do you feel better about restaurant associations? I, do. I want to ask you, you about know, that, Eric. I do. Cause you uh, came into this, you know, oh, feeling a little different. Yeah. You know, and I, I do feel better and I, you know, I, I've always believed, uh, like that we mentioned earlier that, that they are a huge advocate for the legislation and to make change. And I think, uh, that hasn't changed. I've always seen the value there. Um, I understand better now. I believe. And I do think that, uh, after speaking to you that behind it all is a sense of good, uh, similar missions to what I'm trying to do to make the restaurant industry a better place to transform the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, so I still, I still think on the grand scheme of things like that is what you're here to do. And I am supportive of restaurant associations. I think I can say that confidently now. Wow. (laughs) That feels pretty groundbreaking. Um, that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, you know, but I know there are people out there that are, that still have questions that still don't believe. And like, we get this question all the time, like, well, you're just going to legislate on my behalf anyway, whether I'm a member or not, but I guarantee you telling a, a, a congressman here in Austin, Hey, we've got 10,000 restaurants that have signed this paper that say they want this versus we've got 2000. That makes a huge difference. So the more people that are involved, the numbers they effing matter. They do. Especially at the Capitol. So the better. And and you can shape the legislation too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've loved this conversation. Uh, again, just actually one more question. Yeah. If we want to get involved with the, les- the legislation side of things, or at least keep our ear to the ground with yeah. what's happening, like what's where's the best place to go to track uh, the issues with legislation? Is there like a... Yeah, txrestaurant.org slash news. Slash news. That's where we post everything. In fact, we're getting ready to, I think, next week or right after the holidays or whenever this is posted, um, we're going to be posting sort of a look ahead yeah. for legislative issues. And we'll be doing a video on that. And I think your call to action, if you're not in Texas is just to call your state register or your, your state association and ask, you know, where can I go to make sure I'm, be, I'm being kept up to date with legislation oh, yeah. and legal stuff. There's probably an email list. I'm sure that you can get on that. They'll send you the issues, mm-hmm. you know, keep your ear to the ground, stay plugged in mm-hmm. and, uh, Pay attention because you do matter and your opinions do matter and your votes do matter. So just like stay plugged in and um, I wrap up every conversation by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator? Um, you know, and this is something, this is a whole nother topic. Uh, I need to get better about, I need to be more open-minded about corporations and franchises. I've said it in the past, but like I want to see more independence in the world. I don't know why that's uh, such a, so near and dear to my heart. I think we can learn a lot from the big corporations and franchises. Absolutely. So, or a corporation or a franchise that you really respect or admire and think should be guest mentors on the show. Oh, okay. Well, they are kind of independent though. They, though they have multiple locations right now. I would say Thomas Wynn from Pelly Pelly in Houston. He is a total badass and is just super fun to talk to. And they're doing some really awesome South African fusion. I know he hates that South African food in Houston. It is awesome. And the spiciest chicken you can get. Thomas Wynn, look out. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. Uh, and I think we've already kind of left some contact information out there. But again, what's the best way to connect? Oh, txrestaurant.org is our website. My email is atazan at tramail.org. Uh, or you can call the number 512-457-4100. This is episode 575. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 575. I'll have a summary of the discussion over there. I got to a lot to summarize and uh, I'll link to uh, the ways to connect with Anna, the, the restaurant association as well. Anna Tazen Rice, again, thank you so much for taking the time to dive deep into this topic, to um, be open-minded, to handle my questions, which weren't the easiest questions to handle. You, you handled them very gracefully. I'll just thank you so much. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Cheers. That was a really interesting conversation. Uh, I don't know if you guys can tell getting started into this conversation today. I was a little nervous just because, you know, I'm being welcomed into this workplace, the Texas Restaurant Association, to sit down with Anna. She knows what I'm going to ask her. Uh, I, I pitched her the topic beforehand just to make sure she was going to be okay with that. Because this, honestly, this this conversation today was a place for me to be curious, to really challenge some of the rumors I've heard and to try to get to the truth of it all. And I think we did a good job of kind of dissecting it and being open-minded and really just being curious and learning about what has happened over the past few years. Uh, Do restaurant associations still have significance? I'm going to have to say yes. 
because of the reasons we listed, the legislation, the lobbying, we need that. Uh, are they as significant as they used to be? Probably not because of all the reasons we listed. Right? There's so much more to compete with today as far as the media and all these uh, content marketing. And there's just so much information out there today. Uh, there's a lot of options. So as significant as they once were, no. Still significant? Absolutely. But here's the kicker. You're paying the 250 or whatever dollars a year to be a member. Take advantage of it. Don't just pay the dues and expect them to solve your problems. Communicate. It's a dialogue that has to happen. A two-way street. You have to talk to them. And if you're not engaging and you're not communicating, then shame on freaking you. You know, like it, I, I'm at I'm at a loss of words right now. Uh to <laughs> I don't even know what to say. You, you gotta you got to communicate. You, you've got to let them know what the challenges are. And that's the only way that they're, they'll fully be able to serve you. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. So if you agree or you disagree or you think that we missed something or you have other angles I'm not aware of, I'd love to know. I, I would love to get more information. That's the whole purpose of this podcast, to get to get after the truth, to learn, to grow. Um, so if there's any other topics you think need to be dove into, uh, put those on my radar. What are some questions uh, that are some conversations that need to happen. I'm like, what are the topics we need to dive into and to really dissect? I'll get an expert on the show. Let me know. I'm paying attention. Um, <clears throat> and I, like always, have to remind you to keep those five star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. I don't think you can review on Spotify or Google Play yet. I need to look into that. But if you can and you figured it out, let me know. I would love a review on those platforms too. Uh, connect with me, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what your challenges are in the. Also, um, sign up for my email list uh, where you can stay up to date. I'll email, I'll email you every episode from that week. And I'll also tell you kind of what's going on in my mind, like why I'm making the decisions I'm making and what cool conversations I have coming up. And you can respond to those emails and give me feedback if you think I'm on the right path. And that is super helpful for, for me. So uh, be a part of the community. Sign up for the email list. Stay connected. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.